0: you hear that music you know it only means one thing it is the arrival of coach dave mcginnis return to the mac once again dave mcginnis right here on blaine and mickey brought to you by farm bureau health plans turn to the folks who've been in the game since 1947 farm bureau health plans offers the great health care coverage you need with a price tag you can afford coach how in the world are you doing on this beautiful tuesday
1: great mickey uh, blaine lucas i'm doing good guys No, you guys are. You guys are killing it over
0: there. If somebody had told you in the 80s, hey, man, one day in this league, we're going to have a whole night devoted to just saying when the games are. We're going to put it on TV, and a few million people will watch. Would you have believed that? Because that's what's going to happen. And you guys are going to do a radio show about the schedule release right here on this station Wednesday night. And I bet a lot of people are going to listen to that too. When I first got into the league, Mickey, we did 12 rounds in one day of the draft. it
1: wasn't on tv you got there you got there about seven in the morning and just grinded through till you had 12 rounds drafted and then everybody went home and then in three days you brought your players in and your veterans came back and you had a three-day mini camp and then you said all right we'll see everybody in Platteville Wisconsin in July wow So it's changed a lot it has changed a lot I just had some friends in from Chicago today and, and uh uh, I was driving, and in fact, Dan Pompey, you know, he's a writer now for The Athletic, yeah, long time yeah. writer for the Chicago Sun Times. His son just got admitted to Vanderbilt. So I was showing him around Nashville, and, you know, and, and, and his son said, Well, show me where the draft was because I watched it on TV. And I started driving down Broadway, and, you know, of course, there, there's Tuesday afternoon guys, there's people out on Broadway.
0: Sure. Yeah. What are all
1: these people doing here? I said, it's, <laughs> "I said, it's Las Vegas." I said, yeah. "Get used to it."
0: <laughs>
1: said, yeah. About that time, about three pedal taverns came by, you know, with uh, with some uh, with some bridal parties and woo girls, woo. Then you had a then you had a tractor pulling it down, and he went, "Does this happen all the time?" I said, <laughs> yeah. "You are yeah. in Nash Vegas. Get used to it. You're smart <laughs> enough to get accepted to Vanderbilt." You'll know how to enjoy this town, I
0: promise yeah, yeah, that kid's going to enjoy himself here, that's for sure. he he'll, he'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, do teams get some kind of a heads up on this? I'm not looking for a scoop or anything, but like teams will release a really cool schedule video after the schedule gets announced. Do they get some kind of heads up just for planning? Yeah, not much, not yeah. not,
1: not 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 much. I mean you know, when, when you go into it, I mean, the process is so intricate, I mean it's fascinating. You know, when you really uh, find out what goes on behind the curtain with this, because they start on these they start on these uh, schedules, you know, for next year right now, you know, right. and, then, and then as as the way everything fleshes out. And so it's an it's an interesting, interesting how many, uh, you know, uh, logarithms they run on this thing for these scheduling. And now with the, you know, with the new 17th game that opens up a whole nother world. And plus, guys. You guys know this, and our, our listeners will, after we tell them, is that with this new TV contract, there's, a much, there's much more flex scheduling that's going to be done with once this new TV contract you know kicks in. So it's going to be very interesting. I mean, I, you know those, those people there at the league office that put this together, it's an amazing job.
0: Yeah, and I, I, I'm a big NFL historian, you know that coach. at one point, Bert Bell, who was the commissioner, did it all on his kitchen table. He, he worked out the entire NFL schedule on his kitchen table late forties, early fifties. that shows you how far this league has come the guy was doing it in his kitchen, and like you said now, there's algorithms and logarithms and all kinds of rhythms that go into
1: well I mean at one of the drafts they held in the downtown at the hotel there in Chicago they you know it was just it was just the the uh, the owners sitting around. It wasn't the general manager <laughs> there any owners <laughs> the general managers the owners you know were sitting around. And then, you know, a, a scout, you know, may one or two scouts may have been there. And as they got towards the end of the draft, they start pulling out Street and Smith's College. You know, the thing is, okay, this guy sounds good. Anybody know anything <laughs> about him? So, guys, we've come a long way.
0: No doubt we have. A lot of that is because we got Coach Mack on the show every week. He joins us on Blaine and Mickey.
2: Coach, everywhere I go, I get somebody asking me, but we didn't draft a tight end. I'm like, what? Oh, a tight end is a good player, but if you're not going to get elite one, uh, I think they can get something off the waiver wire. How do you feel like, uh, I, I guess, that the Titans didn't draft a tight end? Well,
1: I think you're 100% right, Blaine. You told them exactly right. Before I answer the rest of this question, that's a really cool hat you have on. That's yeah, a yeah. cool cap. That's us compliment like that. to Mickey. No, I like that. I like uh, that a lot. <laughs> that's, that's a good-looking cap. Uh, anyway, look. Johnny Smith was a third round pick, right? Yeah. And Johnny Smith took some time to develop. All right. Mm-hmm. We've got some tight ends on the roster. There I don't think they're through adding. I don't think they're through adding at tight end. They're not I don't yeah. think they're through adding at wide receiver. I really don't think they're through adding at a lot of places. There are still a lot of avenues to bring players in. And so you look, there was there was one elite tight end in this draft. And he went number four to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And then there were some other guys that had some traits, but not all of the traits. So there was no difference maker tight in. There are some guys that are going to have good careers, but they're going to have to be developed just like John Lee Smith had to be developed, mm-hmm. you know, when he got here, you know, and, and so and Delaney Walker, Delaney Walker was the second tight in at San Francisco. Yeah. When I was at the Rams and we would play them, we, we always kept watching and looking going, this guy's really a good player. This yeah. guy's a good player. You know, they played a lot of 12 personnel. I knew the tight end coach there personally, Pete Hainer. You know, he and I had worked together before, and I asked him, I said, what about this guy? He said, Mike, he's really going to be a good player someday. And guess what? He came here, and he was. So it takes some time at that position, too. And as I said, the tight, you know, Pitts, the guy that went, that, that separated himself uh, astronomically from all the other tight ends in this draft, uh, he's going to be a receiver. He's a big receiver, move around. Arthur's going to move him around, split him out, Matchup nightmare, but you need to develop a tight end.
2: We'll develop a tight end. Yeah, they put a, a, you know some slug like me and some short guy, and then because not too many people got to keep bullocks on their, their roster that can guard the tight end, you know man-to- man by himself and can run with him. So that, that's going to be a match-up nightmare. But somebody who's not that's going to be playing tight end coach, I just want to get your thoughts. On Tim Tebow coming to the league at thirty-four to play tight end.
1: Well, this never would have happened if it hadn't been Urban Meyer. Because <laughs> I'm not sure there were a lot of teams out there asking Tim to come in and try out as a tight end. You know, uh, uh, so this is a this is this is a he and Urban Meyer connection. Uh, I can you know I, I I'm not I'm not I'm not a, I'm not against it. Uh, You know, think about it a minute, though. Just think about this. And I don't know if they thought this deep on it. You know, when when it first came about, I started thinking, you know, they've got Trevor Lawrence. This is a young, young guy coming in there. A lot of expectations. Okay, so what's way to distract a lot of expectations early for him? So it's not all about Trevor Lawrence. Mm -hmm. Okay, because, you know, as well as I do, uh, even as preposterous as it sounds, everybody's talking about it. And especially down there in Florida, okay, everybody's going to be talking about it. You know, it it, it might it might take a little bit of the of the glare and the spotlight off of Trevor Lawrence and some new things that I'm sure Urban's trying to do. But you know, I mean, to me, it's a very very it's a very long shot. I don't see any problem with bringing him in as one of the ninety. I think what's really going to be the tail is is once you start cutting people as to as to where he is then. And guys, listen to this. We don't know where the practice squad is yet. Last year, last year, if if you have last year's rules in the practice squad with the exemptions for the veterans, all right, and the 16 members, I could see Tim Tebow, Tim Tebow making their practice squad. But if it's, if it's back to 10 and the rules are back like they normally were for a practice squad as far as years of service – that that if you have this many, you can't be on a practice squad. Then I cannot see it. So a lot of it, I think, depends on what that practice
2: squad rule is, too. That's just my thoughts. Well, wow, good stuff. Getting from Coach Mac giving us the Mac Attack Titans Radio.
0: Coach, do you remember when Tebow came out in twenty ten? Yes. What the scouting report on him? i what the scouting because you're great at recalling scouting reports. What was the book on him as a quarterback when he came out?
1: Uh, well, first athletic. Tough, extremely smart, very limited throwing capability, Uh, uh, issues, issues with uh, consistency, you know, an unorthodox, you know, way to to deliver the football, Uh, you know, accuracy, some accuracy issues, leadership off the charts, uh, toughness. And and a lot of a lot of people said at the time, this might be this might be a utility player that you could bring in there because he is athletically gifted and he's smart, and he's strong, okay, and so I I don't think anybody ever expected him to be a top tier quarterback coming into this league, but you could see his competitive nature. I mean, and look, he won a a playoff game as a quarterback. He won a playoff game as a quarterback. Now, was was he the main reason they won it? No, but did he help win that game? Absolutely, yes, he did, and so you know, there's much more to Tim Tebow. I, you know, he was a quarterback there, and you know, for uh, for Urban, but he was a quarterback in a sense that you know, once you got near the goal line, you weren't worried about him throwing it in. I mean, you know, he ran, ran those power O options from the quarterback uh, t- uh, position. That, and he might be able to do that still some. But as far as going to make a was going to make a living, a long term living as a as a as a top tier quarterback in the National Football League. That was not in the, in the report.
0: Coach Mac joining us. All right, he was a first-round draft pick. We're about to have rookie mini camps. Some teams, I guess, have already had them. There's going to be a bunch of dudes who just get invited to try out. And history says, Coach, that one or two of those guys will probably stick around all the way to the final 53. One of my favorite things every year is going out and figuring out who those guys might be and then watching them make that journey. Because you talk about dudes who have that dream and never give up, and I know you love underdogs too, but people don't know it. They may not know who it is yet. One of those dudes is probably going to show up and make this team.
1: See, I spent i you know probably about the last twenty five years of my coaching career, I was you know I, I I would I would be the the head coach you know, and then of course when I was the head coach, I would take a session when those guys first came in at this time and just talk to the rookies. And as I was was in the league longer, you know, I could finally stand up there and tell them, look, I've been in this league longer than you've been alive. So I'm going to try to tell you some things that might help you and you might want to listen. But I tell them you've already achieved something really big. You've gotten in the door. You are in the door of a National Football League facility. And you're here for a reason. Some of you are here for reasons other than others, but you're all here for a reason because somebody – or some bodies believe that you might have a chance. Now it's up to you. And for some, you're going to have a little longer rope than the others. But you're in the building, and so now it's up to you. And so remember, every day is an interview in the National Football League, and approach every day like that. Because of all the glitz and glamour that you've seen and that you know about, and believe me, as I said, I've been in this league longer than you've been alive, I can tell you, it's a great way to make a living, but you have to do the work every day if you're going to experience that. And so let that start now. But you, everybody's got a chance. You've got a chance. Blaine's been on teams with guys that they come in and, you know, they, they've got the lockers that are clear down away from everybody else. And yeah. But when, when they get on the practice field, all of a sudden you might say, hey, you know what? Old dude over there's got a got a chance and we kind of like him. Or this, you know, got, got
2: and I was it, one you, of those dudes, coach. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, they drafted you. They yeah, drafted well, yeah, you. but that, I was way down there. <laughs> yeah.
1: play, that was that that was that was a that was misdrafting there. That was, <laughs> <very> <laughs> awesome. was way down there. I'm man. talking about these guys that come in and try it's out, drafted. yeah. You know, they they try they they try out. And and you know they they give them you know they're they're out there they're in a different color T-shirt so you know who they are yeah. and you know they've got tape on their helmet with their name on it and but everybody's got a chance and 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 especially this day and age in the National Football League mm-hmm. I mean you're gonna get a chance now sometimes you may not be skilled enough to be able to take that chance you know further sometimes it might just be a numbers game that gets you but mm-hmm. getting in a building is a big deal. It's a big deal because yes. guess what? And I would tell them this too. If you want to step outside this door and start counting the number of people lined up to get in, it's a lot more than, than our inside here. Mm. So
2: take advantage of it.
0: No doubt. Coach Mac giving us the Mac attack, as Blaine says here on Blaine and Mickey.
2: Well, Coach, with so much turnover going on, and I'm talking about just the Titans naturally, I know other teams have a lot of turnover. Man, what are the expectations? Because – for the Titans, because from our point of view, and the fan base is like, they expect them just to pick up right where they left off when, shoot, man, what? 40% of the roster may be turned over? Some number, I don't know, you you can count better than I can. But man, that's vital, even with the core group of players still coming back. I don't know if the expectations should be quite bad. I don't know, what are your expectations?
1: Well, the expectations for me always with the squad was, uh, first of all, it's gonna be different every year. My expectations were to mold and put together this squad to be the the absolute best of what they can be and what we have. I mean, I you know all of this. And again, guys, you know that me, and I've been on this radio a lot. You know, since I've been here in five years of doing this radio, doing the games. I I don't deal in hypotheticals. That's why that's why my mock drafts had no interest to me. Grading drafts is even stupider. That has, no, that, <laughs> that has no interest to me. And then predicting what teams are going to do after they get – nobody's even hit the practice field yet. Nobody's hit the practice field yet. And what you have to look at is the core of what you are and then the, 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 the tempo that you've developed with inside your locker room, the culture that you've built, and then start to work again because every team is going to be different except for Tampa Bay. They brought everybody back. They had yeah. everybody on, on yeah. you know, they brought everybody back, a, very, a veteran team. They brought everybody back. But, you know, look, look at look at New England. They're brand new. They're completely different people. So you're going to have a different team. So your expectations should be not based on what you did before nor what you think anybody else is going to do. Your expectation should be to get this team chosen and developed to make it the, give it the best possible chance to start winning ballgames when you open up. That was always my expectation because anything else, then you're dealing in ifs and buts and candy and nuts and everybody have a Merry Christmas. That, 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 that has never <laughs> interested me because it just doesn't matter because the National Football League is too real. You lived it, Blaine. You know how real it is inside there and how real it is every day. And every team has got a different personality. So
2: You have a, you have a base culture. But every team has a different personality. Yeah, Coach, I saw where, you know, they, they were, you know, talking about different trades for players and or not, whether whatever position it was. But I'm trying to understand, how do you calculate trade value? And if you were thinking about that, who has the most value on the Titans? First of all, it starts off with position. Uh, so I'm always going to think quarterback, uh, left tackle, or tackle or pass rusher, uh, then, then always if you got an elite running back like Derrick Henry, of course. But how do you calculate what their value is? Uh, I always go back because we just had a draft, and I think about Tunsil got traded eventually and how much value they gave up the Texans for their tackle. Okay, well, first of all,
1: that's the Texans.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I just wonder who would have the most value on our team. It made me think about that, and would that be worth pursuing in your mind as a GM? Because you always have to calculate these things and try to be ahead of the curve before a guy starts decreasing in his potential of how good he could be and starts going the other direction. You want to catch it going down. So, how do you calculate the value? That's
1: really well, a and, and, now, that's that. a legitimate question, Blaine. It really is, and and, and a lot of it depends on what you have on your team Mm -hmm. positionally where your strengths are and then where your money is that, that, that has, that has a lot to do with it. Now, you know, the money aspect of it, you know, once a free agency and salary cap came in and once, and once you started having not only a ceiling on a salary cap, which it wasn't in in, back in the old days, but now you have a floor on the salary cap. And after three years, you've got to spend up to, up to 90% of that floor. Okay, that makes a difference. That makes a big difference. And so the way that you you structure your roster, a lot of times, you know, sometimes some guys still have value as a player. But the money, you can't handle it on what your your structure is. And so that question has got some depth to it. And the depth is the fact that you not only are fitting, you're not only fitting playing ability, you're also fitting uh being able to compartmentalize money. And yeah. that's an important, important part of it. That's a really fine balancing act, a very fine balancing act. You know, when they traded Tunsil, they, you know, they, they couldn't handle the contract, mm-hmm. okay? You know, they, just, you know they, they couldn't handle it. And so that, that, that's, what, that, that's what happened there. But you have to make a decision and those types of decisions, I think you never want to make those out of an immediate uh, panic mode or at-the-moment mode, those kind of decisions need to be well thought out, well in advance. Because if you trade a good player away, even though you're going to get trade capital back, it's going to have an effect on your team for a while. So you've got to weigh all of those options.
2: Hmm. Coach Mack giving us the Mac attack for the Titans and tighten up
0: coach great stuff tomorrow night at seven you and the whole gang breaking down the schedule release it's going to be fantastic stuff and we can't wait to hear it can't wait to see how this uh 17 gamer is going to shake out for the Titans this year
1: i'm looking forward to that that's going to be that's going to be fun again as i said the national football league makes the offseason fun and uh I know here in Nashville, we are ready for this stuff to go. We've got to keep a little bit little bit more patience. What's Coach McCoy always say? Keep
0: your, powder. keep your powder dry. Keep your yeah. powder
1: dry. <laughs> guys, it's always great being on with you in the afternoon. We'll see
0: you. Appreciate He's it, He's got guys. the driest powder of anybody I know. Coach Mack, he joins us every Tuesday.